Good morning, Rabbi Sai. Good morning, Shabbos Kodesh. Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Parshas Vayakel Pikudei. Tovshin Peyalif. Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Erev Rosh Chodesh. Erev Shabbos Mevorchim. We're going to be benching the new month of Nisan. Abba Leinu Latoiva. We're also going to have Parshas Achodesh, which also happens to be, which falls out on the. Day, the day of Chodesh Nisan, and is a, a feeling of ischatches, a feeling of newness in the Torah, and there's a newness in the world as the month of Nisan, as we enter into the month of the first month of the year, because Rosh Chodesh, according to the Dishita, is the Nisan, is the beginning of the new year, and everything is blossoming. And there's a Gavalik Aminik that we have, especially in Eretz Yisrael, but really throughout the entire world, to go out on Rosh Chodesh Nisan this Sunday and to make the Birchas Ilanus. And this morning, as it was raining here in Eretz Yisrael, we see the Bracha of the Geshem. And tomorrow, when we make the Birchas Achodesh, we're going to continue to say the words Ulig Shamin Be'itam, because we know, especially here in Eretz Yisrael, how every single drop of rain is precious. So there's a mitzvah to go out in Rosh Chodesh Nisan to see the beautiful new Paris, Ilanos, and we make a special bracha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created everything in the world. He didn't leave out anything in the world. He made beautiful people, beautiful creatures, beautiful trees, that people should be able to have pleasure. And the G'daylim, all the G'daylim, they all go out the first day to make the bracha, to see the beauty that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings into the world. As we say, the entire world is filled with the Shevach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We should feel that as we're coming into this year, into this new year, and we hope and we pray that the new year will bring us and we have to be thankful that no matter how difficult the year has been, but to recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us and we should make the bracha and to thank Him because He's the one that creates the, everything that's beautiful in the world. I just saw this morning that there's a Yid that passed away in B'nai Brak. His name was Rebetzalel Musa. A Sfardish a, a, a Yid, and he was a Pashtun Yid, what's called a Pashtun Yid. He wasn't a Lamdin, and but he had a Minig that he would literally wash not only the floors of the Beis Knesset, the Sfardish Shul in Bnei Brak that he was involved with, but he would wash and clean all of the uh, alleyways and the 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 street right in front of the Shul. Is Gavaldik Gavaldik and the Indian of the Beis HaKnesses. And they say over a Maise about another Yid who did a, did a similar minig, that he would also wash the floors of the Beis HaKnesses. I was able to know, I have a friend of mine whose mother, she should be, she was a Holocaust survivor and she lived in a Moshav in the Galil. And she would go Arab Shabbos and she would literally take a cloth, a wet cloth and wash, go down on her hands and knees to wash the floors, to wash the street, and to remove the stones in front of the shul. This is the way people used to have respect for a shul. And this yid that would go out 
and he would, as he was washing the, the floors, he would say, just like I'm Menake HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your bias, I asked that you, that you should also make sure to be Menake, my bias, that I should be Zorich to have children that are Naki and Kadosh. And they say over that this Yid had tremendous Tamir HaChomim that came out. We see that there's a Gavaldika Indian Rabbi Zayi. We don't recognize when we're Mechaber Ashul, Mechaber basically, and every mitzvah that we do, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes into account, and we could create tremendous things. So this is also some of the things that we should recognize as we're, 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 we're looking forward to a new year, to see, to a new month, which is creating a new year, to creating a new uh, feeling of Ischachus in the world. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be Mechadish in our lives, that we should be able to have this Chiddush of uh, newness, and our association to mitzvahs, it should be with a new feeling. I have to tell you that today is the yard site of a great Yid who is mishpacha with us, person whose name is Dr. Yosef Kamenetsky, Rabbi Dr. Yosef Kamenetsky, who is my brother-in-law, my brother's father-in-law, my sister-in-law, Simi's father. And Dr. Joe Kamenetsky, as he was known, was the head of Torah Masorah, which was founded by the great Godel Rip Shragafival Mendelovich, and Rip Shragafival picked out Rip Dr. Yosef Kamenetsky to run Torah Masorah. And in the 1940s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, for decades, he was instrumental in building the Jewish day school system throughout the entire United States. And he was Meister Nefesh to bring Jewish education to thousands and thousands of young kids. And today, Torah Masorah is something which is known throughout the world. But at that time, there was a tremendous mysterious nefesh. It wasn't easy. He himself was born in Brooklyn, New York. He went to public school. And after a while, his father, who was a Shomer Shabbos Yid and a, and a, and a, and a Shomer Torah Mitzvah, felt that his son, who was the oldest, that not only would he be affected by the society pools, but the rest of the children as well. So can you imagine a mysterious nefesh? Dr. Kamenetsky's father sold his house. He owned a house and he sold his house in order to be able to pay for the education, to be able to send his kids, to send his son to a Jewish day school, a Jewish high school. And he was one of the first Talmudim in what's called today MTA, that was called just TA, Talmudical Academy. He graduated high school and then he went to the Yeshiva College, which is the beginning of Yeshiva University. And he was Zohar to learn by Rav Moshe Salavechik Zetzal. He was friendly with many, many great Gedolim that came to give Shiurim, including Rav Isaac Sher, the son of the altar of Slabotka. I remember Dr. Kamenetsky speaking and he said that Rav, Rav, Rav Isaac used to say, uh, Dr. Kamenetsky would write over the Sichus the, Musa the that he would give. He would write it over in English. He says, As the Chabayska learned, it's a Zogan Musa in English. He says, They're going to say over in Slabotka that I taught over Musa in English. He said it as a Shvach. And Dr. Kamenetsky had a tremendous Hashpa from these great Gedolim. He was very close to all the Gedolim, to Rabbi Aaron Kutler, to Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. And he created a system of day schools throughout the entire United States of America. We were Zoycha to know him as a family member. 
And in his later years, he made Aliyah and he moved to Eretz Yisrael. And I was instrumental in helping to find an apartment for him. He lived in Sanhedrin Bechavit. And he would go every single day to learn in Yeshiva's Chafetz Chaim. He was close to the Rosh Yeshivas there, to Rav Moshe Chait Zatzal and Rav Avram Kenerik Zatzal. And he would learn like a Yeshiva Bacher every day. He would go to Yeshivas, spent his time learning Torah because that's what he was involved in his entire life. And I remember him coming to the Sichus Musa from Reb Chaim Shalevitz. Ah, a gewaldig, a gewaldig schus. And we see again that people that are Moshe Nefesh for Torah, so not only did it affect those children that go into the day schools, but his own children and his grandchildren, they're all tremendous Machanchim and Talmid Chachamim. And we know that Dr. Joe is is smiling brightly from a pie when he sees the tremendous assets that he has been zochet to bring into the world and what his family continues. We're going to give a bracha to the entire Kamenetsky and live family that they should have a lot of bracha and there should be a, a tremendous schus for that mishpacha and for Gantz Klai Yisrael. Rabbi Yisrael, we're finishing Sefer Shmois. Sefer Shmois finishes as we know, a repetition of the different uh, items which were created for the Mishkan. And everyone asked the question, why do we have to repeat it again? Again, it goes into detail exactly what the Shulchan was, what the Menorah was, what the Oren was, how everything was put together. And then it was actually put together. And then the Parshas Begudai speaks out again, the the Kalim, the, the, the Big Day Kahuna. Again, it's a lot of repetition. We already had it in Parshas Terumah and Tetzaveh. Everyone's bothered by this question. The answer that we like to give is that there's a difference between the theory and the practice. And we know that a lot of times we'll give a mushal, a chassan and a kala, they go for chassan and kala classes, and they learn the halachas, they learn the hashkafas. But there's a great difference between when a person, what a person learns, theory, and what a person has to put into practice. When you put something into practice, then you actually live it. And that's what the Torah is telling. The Torah is telling us is, in the end of the day, that Moshe Rabbeinu, he built the Mishkan based upon all the theories and everything that was learnt. But he took Betzalel, Betzalel and Aliyah, these great people. And again, as Rashi points out, Betzalel came from a Chashva family. Aliyah came from a what's called not a Yichus family, but it's teaching us that there's no Yichus. Every person, even a Pashta Yid, can help to build the Mishkan. And each one of us is building a Mishkan Bilvavi Mishkan Evna to build the to build the Mishkan in our hearts and to build our houses. And what does the Torah tell us? The Torah tells us that after Moshe Rabbeinu finally saw that everything was complete, Vayar Moshe's Kol Hamalacha, Vehine Kashetziva Hashem, as the Gashbochu commanded, Kain Osu. That's what he did. Vayivarich Osu Moshe, and Moshe Rabbeinu blesses Klal Yisrael. And Rashi HaKadosh points out that what did he bless Klal Yisrael? Yeratzen shetishre shechina b'mayis yodeichem. It should be the Ratzen that the shechina should reside in the effects of your hands, what you what you affected, what you what you created. And this is a bracha that we give to everyone. Everyone that builds a house, that builds a home, that builds something, an edifice of Kedusha, we give them a bracha. Yeratzen shetishre shechina b'mayis yodeichem. And then Rashi says, We're familiar with these words, 
Rav Yashir says that the Pshat Vinoyam is that the Noyam should be Vihinoyam Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Elokeinu that the Noyam, the beauty that was built in the Mishkan, we know that Klaiso was in Mitzrayim, so it could be that they would have decided that beauty would be according to the Egyptian culture of beauty. But no, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted that Klaiso should build something which would be Beruach Yisrael. The Noyam Hashem Elokeinu Aleinu. It should be the Noyam of Hashem should be Hashem Elokeinu. It should be with the Ruach of Yisrael. We know we could look into that in different ways. Every single uh, culture has its effect upon Klai Yisrael. But Klai Yisrael has a purity. It has to do with everything. Nigunim, everything we should realize there's a certain type of nigun that belongs to Klai Yisrael. We don't have to borrow from the, the non-Jewish ways of, of music. Sure, we're affected by it, but it should be with the Ruach Yisrael Saba. And then we say, What does that mean? That our actions, they should be supported that a dovet should not come out from them. And we, what that, what does that mean? That means when a person is moisa nefesh, and he wants to build something, he wants that it should last forever. We should also, our our homes, our shuls, our yeshivas, our every aspect of our lives as we build throughout the galas, it should be with a concept, shilayera dovet hakol al yodi, that everything should come out prime. Properly. In the beginning of the parish, we say, Moshe. I saw it brought down a Gavaldika Indian that the Medrash, the Yaakov Shemoni says, There's no other place in the Torah that says the words Vayakal Moshe except in this week's parsha. And the Medrash comments. And the Medrash says that Moshe Rabbeinu created Kehilos in order to what it says in the Torah in the beginning of Parash Vayakal speaks about the inyanim of Shabbos, that there is an inyan of keeping Shabbos. So from here we learn out that Shabbos is something special, and there's an inyan to learn Torah on Shabbos, and that's why there's Shurim on Shabbos. And in the shuls, and people should go and and, 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 and be involved with the Shurim and shuls. That's the day of rest where a person can learn. The Ben Chai brings down that Lenitna Shabbos Lisrael El Elasik that the Shabbos were only given in order to be Yosekuntari. That's the purpose of Shabbos. The Mekubalim bring down that if a person learns Torah and Shabbos, it's worth a thousand times more than what a person learns during the course of the week. Wow. Where do they get that from? Only the Mekubalim will know. But it seems that the, the, the learning of the Torah and Shabbos is a special element of Kedusha. That's all brought down of art. What's special about Shabbos and Torah? Why is there such a connection? So we know we say on Shabbos, Hamanchil Menuchay Menucha LaAma Yisrael Bigdushasay. Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave an inheritance of peace and tranquility to his Jewish nation, Bigdushasay, with his kedusha. We find a similar thing by Torah. We say Baruch Shenasan Torah LaAma Yisrael Bigdushasay. So we also mention the union that that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave Klai Yisrael the Torah Bigdushasay with his kedusha. Shabbos and Torah, they share a partnership. Shabbos is a special matana that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us from his Eitzer. It's a special matana at the Menucha, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives it Pekidusha. Torah is also the special Shashuim. It's a special pleasureness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives to Klal Yisrael a matana Torah, which is Shabbos Shema. So it's a perfect Shidduch. When a person learns Torah on Shabbos, 
he's getting the element of the Matana of Shabbos together with the Matana of Torah, and that's the Kedusha. So a person, when a person sits down on a Leil Shabbos, the Chazanish used to say over that there's certain lambdas that a person learns that's very, very difficult. It's very, very adin. But when a person learns it on Shabbos, he has a better understanding than if he learns it during the Chol. Rabbi Leib Steinemann, they say that, said over from Rav during the Gulf War, that Rav said that one of the things we should be mechazik in is the Limit Torah on the long nights of the winter. Because we have a long nights, and Rabbi Leib Steinemann himself, they say after the Suda would go to the base Medrash, and he would learn until Vesikin. Not telling everyone to go out and learn Vesikin, to learn to Vesikin, that you need a big Kayach. But everyone has the opportunity to learn Torah and Shabbos, this special Matana, and this is what the Torah is telling us at the end of Sefer Shmois, telling us that Moshe Rabbeinu was makil to Kehilas, and he said to keep Shabbos, and the concept of Shabbos that we say is this concept of learning Torah and Shabbos. What else is it saying? The beginning of the parish is, Kru me'itchem truma l'ashem, kol nediv libay yivyeha. It's a difficult Pasuk, because the Pasuk seems to say a double lashon. You should take from them a truma, and then it says each person that's an adiv lev should give it. Now, it really should have said the opposite. It should have said anyone that has a nidvas lev, from then you should take a truma. And also, who are we talking about? We're talking about the gabayim of here. Chut me'yitchem, truma l'ashem. So you take, a, you take a truma. What is the pshat called nidiv lev? Nidiv lev is going on the person himself. So I saw brought down a gaval de gavart from said over from Reb Zalman Zerotskin. Reb Zalman learned in Volozhin, and he said in his times, the yeshiva Volozhin had difficult financial straits, and the yeshiva Reb Chaim Salvechik had to go in order to raise money for the yeshiva. So he went to the town of Minsk, and he went to a big Talmud Chacham who lived there, and he stayed in his house, and he was planning on going to raise money. Now this Talmud Chacham knew how great Reb Chaim was, so he told Reb Chaim, listen, you sit and learn in my house, and I'll go and I'll raise the money for you. Chaim was very happy. This person was able to take upon himself this all. And Reb Chaim sat and learned. After two weeks, Reb Chaim was sitting and learning. He turns to the Balabas one day, who was a Talmud Chacham. He says, what's going on? What's going on? He says, oh, I was able to raise half of the money that you need. Oh, Reb Chaim was so happy. He waited another two weeks. After another two weeks, he asked the person what's happening. He says, oh, I was finally able to raise the entire sum. And Reb Chaim was so happy and he thanked him. And then he returned to Volozhin. When he got back to Volozhin, he found out a few days later that all the money that was given to him was really a matana and the dove that was given from this particular Rav, Talmud Chacham, Balabas. So Reb Chaim was astounded. But on the, one, on the other hand, he, he spoke to the Rav and he said to him, I don't understand. If you were planning on giving me the money, then you could have given me the money right away. Why did you make me stay for, for a month? And after two weeks, he told me he got half. And another two weeks, he told me another half. You could have just given me, I could have gone back to the yeshiva, I could have taught the Talmidim. So the Yid said to him, he says, Rabbi, do you think it was so easy to give the money? It took me first two weeks in order for me to work on myself that I should be able to take the money out of my pocket and to give half of the money. Because there's the eight Sahara to keep the money in the pocket. But then I thought that what? I have to work on the other half. The other half also took me two weeks. Only after a month was I was satisfied that I was able to remove the Yetzer from my 
part, and I actually gave it with a complete, complete nediv lev. That's the pshat in the Pusik. The Pusik is not talking about the Gabai. It's talking about the, the misnadvin themselves. The first thing is to take from yourself a truma to Hashem. It's hard, not easy to give money to support yeshivas, to support maestas, to support people that need help, especially in these trying times where we know how many people are suffering. And each person is inundated. I know myself how much I'm inundated, and we try our best to give whatever we can. But the purpose is, by giving, that will bring us to the point that eventually we'll get to the point it'll be called Nadiv Liba Yeviyah. When we get to Nadiva Slave, when a person gets to Nadiva Slave, that is the greatest aspiration that a Yid can have. And this is what the Torah is telling us. At the end, HaKadosh Baruch wants us to build the Mishkan that's built out of Nadiva Slave. Rabbi Yisai, the last word we're going to say is that one of my favorite words that we like to say over at the end of Sefer Shmais, the last psukim of the Torah. Ah, we're going to end off with Chazak, Chazak, Venishchazek. We should be Mishchazek on this Shabbos. So the Pasuk speaks about that Moshe Rabbeinu built the Mishkan and he placed this keli and he, Vayokem Moshe Mishkan and he put the Oren and he put the Shulchan and he put the Masach HaPesach, the Kiyar, the Chatzir, and then the Pasuk says, Pasuk Lamadal Vayichasa Onan is Olamayid. He covered the, the, the uh, cloud covered over the Olamayid, Kvod Hashem Malis HaMishkan, and the Kvod Hashem filled the Mishkan, Vilayachol Moshe Lavayil Olamayid. Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't able to go into the Almighty. Kishachan alav anan, because the anan was there, the kvayt Hashem malay is mishkan. And the honor of Hashem filled the mishkan. Rashi HaKadosh points out that there's another Pesach that says that Moshe Rabbeinu did go into the Almighty. So he says that whenever the anan was there, he wasn't able to go in. And when the anan left, that was a raya that the Shekhinah is giving him permission to walk in. There's a tremendous kasha. The Ramban in the beginning of Sefer Shemais speaks about Sefer Shmos, and he describes the concept of what the parish, Sefer Shmos is talking about. It's called Sefer Agula, and the concept is that that the Torah is telling us that the fact that Klaisol went down to Mitzrayim, we are supposed to go back to the Mila of the Ovis of Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov. And when does that take place? That takes place not only when Klaisol leaves Mitzrayim, but when Klaisol will build the Mishkan, and we'll be able to bring Kedusha into that place, which will permeate again Klal Yisrael, then we are returning to the Milas of Isam. And he says, Alashin, then we're considered Geulim, then we're considered redeemed. And this is really what we aspire for, to be able to get to this point. So the, the truth is, the end of the part of Sefer Shema is anticlimactic. The Torah says, okay, Moshe Rabbeinu built the entire Mishkan. And then it should have said that he went into the Mishkan. But the Torah says, no, Moshe Rabbeinu could not go into the Mishkan. It's almost anticlimactic. Hey, Moshe Rabbeinu finally built the Mishkan, so it should have been the Torah should have said, it's only in Sefer Vayikra to say that Moshe Rabbeinu goes into the Mishkan. What's the lesson of the Torah? The lesson of the Torah is that sometimes we have to have the proper harocha. We have to have the proper appreciation for what Kedusha is, if a person doesn't understand how precious the Mishkan was, but he just thinks he can go into it, as soon as he finishes work, he's able to walk into it, he's making a mistake. The Torah wants to tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu was not able to go into the Mishkan. He had to wait until the Anan left in order that a person should not be mezalzel in the great awesomeness of the Mishkan. 
And this is teaching us a lesson for life, Rabbi. In everything, we have to recognize chasen and akala. There's halachas. When is a person able to have marital relations when not have marital relations? When is a person supposed to go into a shul to go in with the proper with the proper intent? I just saw brought down a Misa that uh, we know that there was a Holocaust. Some people say there was a Holocaust. Why didn't it happen in the, in the, in the Sephardic countries? Why were the Sephardic countries, the Sephardic Jews were saved from the Holocaust? They say that the Gary Rebbe said, because they understood the Kedusha of Beis HaKnesses. While we were speaking in the Beis HaKnesses, we were talking Beis HaKnesses, we didn't give honor to the Beis HaKnesses. And therefore, the Ashkenazic Jews, unfortunately, and we don't understand these levels of Madragas, that is that the only reason? No, it's not the only reason, but we see that there's a tremendous, tremendous Kedusha that comes about when a person has the proper appreciation. Rabbi Sai, we're entering into the month of Nisan. We are hoping and we're aspiring and we're davening that we should be Zoycha Hashem to the Gula Shleim, to see the base of Mignesh built in front of our eyes, coming down from the heavens. But we should have the proper appreciation was not able to go in. And if we have that understanding in every aspect of Kedusha, of what a Besamedrish is, what a mitzvah is, what a family that we're building is, then we'll be Zohar Mitzvah Shem to the Gula Shlema, wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos, a good Chaydish. We should be Zohar Mitzvah Shem to hear good things from each from each other until we hear the coming of Mashiach Tzidkein. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for listening to this Foundation's podcast production. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.